Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yeah, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast, Dan, Matt, and Ryan, and we are coming at you with episode 602 of the show. We got consensus top 12 dynasty running back rankings. Uh, we're going to do another rookie report. Got three good players to talk about. Uh, and then, you know, fun conversation about some players that are killing it on wildcard weekend. But for the first time, guys, it's all three of us in quite a while. Feels like uh, we always have something going on through the holidays, through this busy football season as well. But the three amigos back together. Glad to have you. Let's get right to the show. The startup. Yeah, we're going to start with those big wild card performances from some young, big names, I would say. And we start with Puka Nakua. He, 10 targets, nine catches for 181 and a score. He was almost impossible to tackle by that Detroit secondary on Saturday night, or excuse me, on Sunday night, and just looked like a force, right? There was, there was a point in the game, Ryan, that I thought to myself, <laughs> I think I, I I really do think Cooper Cup looks old, but it wasn't that he looked old. Yeah. He just didn't look as strong and as good as Puka Nakua. I, I, Cup's fine. He's just not as powerful as Puka Nakua, who must have like tree trunks for legs because they couldn't get him on the ground. Yeah, just uh, I mean, awesome, awesome game, obviously for Puka. I think I saw that he set the rookie receiving record most most yards in a playoff game. So you yeah. know, just another feather in his cap uh, in this uh, amazing kind of out of nowhere season for him. And it, it, obviously, it was on it, it was on the biggest stage there could be up until this up until this point in the season. Um, I mean, we knew, we knew the numbers he was putting up, but I mean, even being, you know, being a West coast team, there's, there's dynasty players out there that haven't seen Puka Nakua play a game yet, honestly. And yeah. that might've been the first one. So I think um, just being that spotlight game, being that Island game, everybody was watching it. I think he's going to see a big value boost as a result of that performance. And um, just again, one more, uh, one more reminder, really, of just how good he is. I, I wonder if he can crack the top five of dynasty wide receiver rankings. Those those top three feel pretty safe as far as Jefferson, Chase, and and Lamb, but uh, you, it's up for debate after that. And I think Puka at least belongs in the conversation right now. Yeah, and the other names in that conversation are probably A.J. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown, and then the other young receivers, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, at least according to the rankings over at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. But once you get once you get past those big names, and I, I would I, personally, I think Amon Ra belongs in that conversation. It's a big four for me. Then Puka belongs there, Matt. Where, where would you slot Puka in at this point? I currently have him in at wide receiver nine. I mean, it doesn't feel like when you look at the names around him, it feels fine. But I mean, I'm I'm totally. I think he's probably within that t second tier, uh, right? You know, I, I the, the guys just ahead of him are Garrett Wilson and Jalen Waddle. 
I still have Olave over him, which is, you know, maybe questionable at this point. But Olave had a fine season two. He just didn't produce a ton of touchdowns. Um, so, I mean, if you want to put him like right after those top four, top five, like you said, like I find it very difficult to separate Chase, Jefferson, Lamb, Brown, and Amon Ross A. Brown right now as the top five. It seems hard to crack that. But right after that, like you said, Brian and Dan, like that's that's where he belongs in that next year. So Nakua had that hot start, you know, wide receiver nine in week one, uh, 21.9 PPR points, and then wide receiver two in week two with 30 points. He he dipped down to wide receiver 36 in week three, but then wide receiver four, wide receiver 11, a big letdown against Arizona at wide receiver 56, but so many top like 15 finishes. In fact, I'm counting them. 10 of them, 10 of them guys in 17 games, he finished in the top 15, 10 times that, that type of consistency. And I mentioned the wide receiver 36, the wide receiver 56. He had a leading into their bye week in weeks eight and nine, had a couple low games there. And then one more in week 12. But outside of that, in the top 37, every single week outside of those, those, uh, those three games or excuse me, four games, the consistency to go along with the huge spike weeks where we were, we, we, we were getting 110 catches for 160 yards and, and eight catches for 154 yards. He scored all these fantasy points, Ryan, without a multi-touchdown game. That's really crazy yeah. to think of that. Those games are coming uh, as we move along in his career, caught just six touchdowns in his rookie season and to score all those fantasy points, nearly 300, uh, 298.5 in PPR leagues without the touchdown spikes. It feels like he's a guy that can dominate around the goal line. And that that's going to happen down the road in year two and three. Yeah. Yeah. Big volume threat. And I mean, back to your numbers, uh, he ended up with nine wide receiver one games, nine games as a top 12 uh, wide out. Uh, that was tied for most in the league. It was actually St. Brown, Lamb, Puka, and Tyreek all had nine each. So obviously very good company there. But you're right. There, there's room for improvement. Um, I mean, there was a lot of concern, remember, uh, when Cooper Cup came back that Puka would suddenly take a back seat. I mean, there was even uh, thoughts that he's not even going to be a fantasy starter anymore, which seems crazy now. Uh Cooper Cup's going to be moving on. I mean, I don't think that happens this offseason, but there there is room to grow in, in Puka's game. Uh, so I, I don't know if I'm ready to get him into the top five either. I'm, I'm kind of with, with Matt as far as the rankings go. I, I do value him above A.J. Brown at this point. Uh, but I, I, really? I still keep, Yeah. Yeah. Do, do we forget? I, I mean, I know... I know we probably don't forget, but I think people forget how dominant AJ Brown was over the early part of the season when he had like seven straight games of 120 yards or whatever it was. And he did tail off towards the end of the season. And we certainly have to factor that into um, our evaluation, our rankings and all that. But it just seems like he is established. And I don't know if I'm really ready to make that kind of move yet. Yeah. I mean, he, he's obviously slowed down as the season went on the, the Eagles entire offense yeah. did who do you think does does cup hurt puka more or does Devonte smith hurt Diggs more 
I'm sorry, good does uh, Devontae Smith I, hurt I think Cup, Cup actually hurts Puka more in 2023 yeah. and, slash 2024, but that's going to start tilting the other way. Cup's well, not going to be this player forever. Well, and Dan, you said at the beginning that, like, you know, Cooper was fine. Or, sorry, uh, Puka. Uh, Cooper Cup was fine. But, you know, we don't know if he was completely back from that injury. He kind of had that big game right when he came back and then faded back to the background. So I don't know if we got a full, you know, a, a full uh, result of what Cooper, Cooper Cup can do. Um, so I guess we'll see you next season. You seem to want to mix Cooper Cup. I know. And and Cooper and Puka. I can't, Koopa and can't get them both. It's like some Mario, uh, Super Mario villain or something. It's that's one for the outtakes. Cup is, uh, what is he, 30 this year? So yeah. going to be 31, um, I believe, this offseason. So going into that age 31 season, we can't expect him to do this forever. It, it's going to be Puka's show, and and that showed in uh, and on wildcard weekend. He looks so good. Like, popped off the screen once again. I was reacquainted with, with Puka Nakua after he looked so great uh, early in the season and then had a couple stretches where you really felt like he was dominating again. He dominated on Sunday night against the, the Lions – kind of Swiss cheese secondary. He really looked good. Another rookie that looked great on wildcard weekend was quarterback CJ Stroud. So good uh, on Saturday, 274 yards, three touchdowns, did not throw an interception and just looked on point, slinging the ball, all different kinds of arm angles, Matt, and looked like he was in full control of that Texans offense all over the field. The Texans honestly just looked like they could have ran up the score if they really wanted to. They they look so so uh, good offensively. This step forward for that offense is all C.J. Stroud. That's a defensive head coach, um, and while those those weapons around him have taken a step forward, Stroud clearly is the straw that kind of stirs the drink in Houston. Yeah, I mean he's playing like a veteran quarterback. There's no, I mean we we even if you were you had him as your quarterback one, uh, in as amongst this rookie class, you were not expecting this kind of performance, especially in the playoffs like this against a team with a dominant defense and the Browns. Like he just he just picked them apart and he looks incredible. Like there's there's no the only thing missing from his game in terms of fantasy is the rushing ability. We've seen that you know, a little bit here and there. And I think that's not going to be a strength of his as his career continues, but he's got enough escapability to to put up those 30 to 50 yard rushing games occasionally. Um, but it doesn't matter when he's this efficient. So if we see those touchdowns come up around 30, uh, I think we was he at 23 or 24 or something this year. So if we get him up to 30, 30 to 35 range, the rushing, uh, rushing production won't matter nearly as much. Um, especially in those six-point passing touchdown leagues. So uh, you have here on the on the list or on the sheet, Dan. No, don't go, don't the... don't jump ahead oh, here, sorry. Matt. All right, don't want to. I just wrote something. I wrote something down. It said you said something. <laughs> Correct. I was trying to smooth transition, it, and you completely. It doesn't it. matter if he's this efficient. That's what you said, right? <laughs> that is what That's I said, what said without Matt, looking right? at the numbers. So go ahead and. And give me the no, no. You said it doesn't matter if he's this efficient. Let's just all bookmark that for a moment. It does not matter (laughs) if CJ Stroud is this efficient. He is crazy efficient and looks so good. He looks like a superstar. 
The question is, and you were about to get to it, I just wanted to confirm what you said, because it's something that's going to come into the conversation momentarily. How high does this push up, not just this, but really the consistency throughout the season, push up C.J. Stroud? There's a lot of dynasty managers out there that say, wait a minute, hold up, hit the brakes. You know, the easy question is, is is he a top eight quarterback? I think that that's that was decided months ago at this point, right? He yeah. he belongs in the Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert conversation. Can we push him into the next tier though? Whether that be you know the big three or some like to say the big four. I think Matt, one you're one of them with with Mahomes and Hertz and Lamar and Josh Allen. Can can you push him all the way? That can we can we start talking about a big five at this point? I do have them at five, but I, I think my rankings and most people's rankings probably are a little bit in flux right now. You know, I think that Anthony Richardson could certainly pass them. I think Kyler Murray Murray could pass them. I think Justin Herbert could pass them with a, with a new coaching staff. You know, we, we still have a forgotten Joe Burrow back there. You know, so he's part of this big tier. Uh, but he's the head of that tier right now, right? I I, I am two. personally not going to push him into the top the top four of, of tier two yet. The head of the top of tier two, um, you know. I think you know three out of our six or seven super flex rankers still have Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback one in in all of dynasty, and I understand why. But like, let's be honest. I mean, the production wasn't quite there this season. Travis Kelsey's getting older. Rashi Rice looks great. So maybe there's a new weapon there to play with. But he is not up to the standards from a production standpoint as Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, CJ Stroud, uh, you know, is coming for him too at this point. Um, so you can see him moving up. You could see him moving down four or five spots, depending on how some of these veterans and, and Richardson play uh, coming back from injury. Ryan, I cheated. I I went ahead and looked at your rankings over on DLF and, and, you know, yeah. I appreciate you, you, uh, you updated them today. We're, we're recording on Monday night. So you must've been thinking about this conversation. You have CJ Stroud at four Hertz, Allen Mahomes, Oof. then Stroud over Lamar Jackson. Is Stop. he, where's the tear break for you, Ryan? I mean, I think with what we've seen from, uh, from Stroud at such a such a young age, obviously an early early in his career, I think he's closer to Mahomes than he is to anybody else in tier two for me at this point. Um, I almost I a tier on his own then, really? Huh? Yes. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far as saying I would trade Mahomes for him even up because I don't think you have to uh, in most leagues. Think you could get something back, but I mean, if I could trade Mahomes and get Stroud and another useful piece, I, I would absolutely do that. Absolutely. Um, and the thing yeah. about Stroud is the other quarterbacks that we're talking about above him, Hertz is the youngest, 25 years old, but Allen and Lamar Jackson are 27. Mahomes is 28, and C.J. Stroud is so young, just 22 years yeah. old, barely older than Anthony Richardson, honestly. So the, these this young crop of quarterbacks that we're, we're just getting used to or, or just getting comfortable with talking about them, we, we haven't pushed them up nearly as fast as we should have. I'm so glad that Stroud got this – 
this opportunity to play uh, on the national stage in the postseason, and now he'll get another chance next week to play against another good defense. That sounds like a a springboard, really, for Stroud to take off and just shoot to the moon as far as dynasty rankings go. I I tend to agree. He certainly belongs in the top five. It's just where you want to put that tier break. Are we going to be able to get anything on top with those other guys? It's not going to be much if Stroud has another game like he did on Saturday. I don't – Like maybe a second – like especially is a on a like, is the yeah, and especially on a team that's like you know, just not necessarily rebuilding, but maybe we're rebuilding this season. Why are they going to give up six years to go and something on top to go get Mahomes? You know, like, yeah, most likely uh, Stroud was drafted by a team that that is building for the future. So so moving down five or six years doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, the last player we need to talk about is Jordan Love. 272 yards, three touchdowns in full control of that Packers offense. Just a complete 180 to the things that we saw back in October. Uh, the If you didn't see it, the, the first touchdown pass he threw to Dontavian Wicks, rookie receiver, in I think on their third drive of the game, that was just a clinic. It was so sick. He... Walked to the line of scrimmage, dummy count, got him to show the blitz, changed the play in about five seconds. They had five or six seconds left on the play clock. Changed it all, motioned his outside receiver read to the inside to get Wicks on one-on-one with a deep corner. He ran the post with a little shake at the top of the stem, got inside and delivered a dart to the back of the end zone. And that wasn't even close to the best throw that he's had in the last three weeks the one against minnesota was better the one that was dropped in the back of the end zone uh by melton against the bears was better but they were all with these teams thinking let's just let's just all out blitz zero coverage this young quarterback and put the heat on him and he just burns them over and over again jordan love looks incredible right now he looks like an elite quarterback if you would flip-flop what Patrick Mahomes has done over the last three months and Jordan Love has done. Switch the jerseys, switch the names. You'd say, oh, that's right. Everything that Jordan Love has done in the last three months is what Patrick Mahomes has done in the last five years. He's an MVP. He's MVP caliber over the last second half of the season. It's unbelievable. We're talking like 18 touchdowns to one interception over an eight-week span. I'm a Packer fan. Everybody knows that. And maybe I'm looking through green and gold colored glasses. But we are going to be talking about Jordan Love like we talk about Patrick Mahomes in less than 10 months. R.I.P. your DMs. He is going to be in the MVP. He is going to be one of the four or five highest odds to win the MVP next year. And dynasty players need to get used to it. Better get ready for it. He's throwing 40 touchdown passes next year. And it is time not to talk about if Jordan Love belongs in the top 10 quarterbacks or even the top two rounds in Superflex uh, rankings. It's time, and it might even be too late for this, to talk about should we be trading these elite quarterbacks for Jordan Love a first and something else. I think it's too late for that. 
most players that have Jordan Love are believers and have seen this and will not allow it. I think Jordan Love belongs wherever you put C.J. Stroud in your rankings. Strong. <laughs> that is strong, Dan. I, I probably need to move him up, I, but you're going to hate my ranking. I have my quarterback 14 right now. And I, I agree with most of the things that you said. But, like, even watching that Dan, game, Dan, you had to see the as incredible it was, as incredible as those downfield throws were, you have to have seen some of the, the question marks that, that I, I personally still have about Jordan Love, and I think a lot of people do. He missed several easy throws. He threw one to, uh, I think it was Jaden Reed, Jalen Reed across the center, uh, across the middle of the field where he threw it, by, like, literally behind him. Like, Jaden Reed, his, him, his arms yeah. were back like Reed this, hit him in the hand, hand like, yeah. three feet behind him. Like, so he's still making those kind of throws, but he's making up for it with the production. So from a fantasy standpoint, maybe those little things don't matter um, so much. But from an NFL standpoint, I think they do matter because those kind of things are drive killers. So I don't know. I I can't get him to quarterback five or six with CJ Stroud in that tier. But I do think that there is a pretty big tier after about, I know for me, it's quarterback nine where I have Burrow currently. And then there's about six or seven guys, and he's going to be at the top of that tier for me. So I, I really do feel, and Ryan, I want to hear your thoughts on this too. Love, who's 25 years old. I think Jordan Love has had a better season than Justin Herbert ever has. He should be higher than Justin Herbert. And if you have him lower than Justin Herbert, I think it's a mistake at this point. Ryan, what are your thoughts on love moving forward? Well, I mean, I think you've got to <clears throat> you've got to you've got to be moving him up your rankings wherever you have him. And you know, it feels like we talk about Jordan of a lot and of course partially is partially that's because both of you guys are Packers fans. You've had some widely different opinions on him through his his young career so far. So it, it, it's, it's fun to listen to you two guys go back and forth on him. But the other reason we've been talking about him so much, especially the last six weeks or so is because he keeps resetting the bar. Right. And yeah. Yeah. we try, we try not to be hot takey on here, despite all the, all the stuff Dan just said, uh, we try not to be hot takey <laughs> on here. And we, I, I fear it's be, cold. It's going to be too late. We want to, we want to be level-headed. We want to, um, we kind of, we, we want to spread out the conversation, but Jordan Love just keeps resetting the bar for himself. And months ago, when he started to turn things around, maybe we thought, okay, good. He's, he's going to be the starter next year, right? There was, there mm -hmm. was question of, will he be Packer starter next year? And, and you get to a point where, okay, we feel good about that. And then, a month ago, it's wow. Maybe he's maybe he's a top fifteen dynasty quarterback, and that's the new bar. And he just he's been so consistent, which is was the big um, criticism of him early in the season. He's been so consistent the last two months. He's been so good the last two months. He's got such a young and exciting supporting cast that. Uh, I'm I'm not necessarily taking the ride with Dan all the all the way up there in the rankings, but uh, I'm I'm getting dropped off somewhere pretty close to that because it, it's just hard to find many negatives about Jordan Love 
when it comes to his dynasty value right now. I'm I'm pretty excited <laughs> as well. I, I have Dan. The most exciting thing about Jordan Love for me is the fact that this receiver group is so young. Throw the tight ends there as well, and these guys are all going to have a chance to keep de developing together. Like that is the most exciting part for me uh, because he doesn't have uh, that guy telling him what to do anymore. These guys are all on the same level. He has shown the ability to be a leader on the field, and these young guys are listening to him. He doesn't have obviously Aaron Rodgers at the same position, but he doesn't even have like a Devontae Adams or somebody in there like trying to dictate mm -hmm. what he does. And he is the one that's controlling it. And mm -hmm. I think that is so important for him and this team and the way they're developing. He's the one telling them what exactly. to do. Yes. And those like, players, like Rogers. so many of them are fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth round draft picks. And they're just happy to be on the field. They, they just yeah. want to be there. And Man, he's just he's in complete control. There are there are a handful of those throws where you I don't care what team you're a fan of, you have to sit and say, Wow, that that's incredible. That's an elite quarterback making that throw. And he's still getting but you mentioned the missed throws, and I completely agree with that, Matt. Those exist. In fact, they exist every single week. But there's not many of them. The last couple of weeks, he's only I think he's got eleven incompletions in the last two weeks. So th there's not very many, and there's way more eye-popping, eyebrow-raising throws that make you say he is the future of of fantasy even. The, the, he's going to be an elite quarterback in the league, and we all need to get on board with it. It is time to trade those elite guys for him because you can get so much on top still. You can get a first plus. Um we need to move on. We got so much to cover. What, but. what is we we do? What's really quickly though, Dan? What's yeah. the ideal trade for you? Okay, Mahomes for love and what? I want a first and a player that I really like. And and I would snap accept it. I think I think there's some leagues where you could probably get more than that even. Like 2 that months ago. Like 2 months ago I couldn't even get a first for him. So like I just I don't I mean, maybe you can for get love. that much now. Yeah, for love. I couldn't even get a first one. I was trying to move them for, you know, to get like, you know, the value of the first. I'm trying to move them to get players for the playoff run, basically. And every single response was, I don't think I believe in him yet. I don't think he, he might not be the starter, all this stuff. So I don't think the same confidence level is there. So you might be able to get more than what you just asked. So what is it, Matt, then? What, I mean, like, if you're trading love or if you're trading Mahomes right now for love, what are you getting on top? I said I had someone tell me that Mahomes is worth five firsts in a super flex league, which I, to me, I don't. <laughs> come on. Come on. Maybe, maybe like a month, six weeks ago, maybe something like that. But still, like, like if that's the case, like and we're saying love is worth, I mean, conservatively from you, Dan, I would say two firsts. He's so like, first can you plus, get, I think. can you get a first and two seconds? Can you get a first and like a wide receiver two level player for him? I think you I, probably I'm, can at this point. Like I, I was thinking, could you get Jaden Reed as the add on? Could, could you oh, get yeah, absolutely. love a first and Jaden Reed for Mahomes? I think you could. I think you I can would do too. that deal in a heartbeat. I, man, that's, that's almost an idea. Maybe you can aim a little bit higher. Maybe, maybe I'm too low. I think, I think that 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 deal gets shot down in a lot of leagues. Maybe well, we're lucky though, because a lot of the players that had Jordan Love aren't seeing the fantasy points attached to him over the last couple of weeks through their playoffs and now in the NFL playoffs. 
that they still see him as the quarterback 14 rather than the quarterback eight where he belongs. One other side side note. I know we got to move on. We'll, we got a lot to go go over, but I want to I want to throw out Dontavian Wicks to you guys right now because I've seen him move a little bit in some leagues the last couple of weeks. Where are you putting yeah, what him are, at? What are people? What are people giving for him? Someone offered me offered him to me for the two ten uh, a couple of days ago, and I'm st- it's still sitting in my inbox because I haven't decided. Like I feel like that's too high. I'd rather pay like two thirds. But like a late second, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's fine. I, I think it's high. But oh, that's a fine. fine. I think that's a fine place to be. I'd like to pay less. Yeah. Um. I think I'd like to get more though. Honestly, I think I'd rather play it out and see because he's that big-bodied guy that's getting those those targets in the red zone. It ain't Watson here. And man, looks. But it's like who had like I play in a lot of playoff leagues. And I have some Packer stacks in those leagues. I I didn't go get Romeo Dobbs in any of them. Oh, I didn't either. So, like, and <laughs> in fact, I took the under on that yesterday. What six for one fifty one and a touchdown? Right. And so you don't know which guy's going to do it. Wicks had his game a couple weeks ago. Reed has certainly has had his as well. Watson, you don't know who's going to do it, and it's a it's really a feather in well, the cap of what you said earlier, Matt. There's so many good players on the outside in Green Bay, and and we haven't even talked about the tight ends who are both playmakers as well. That the only guy that gets you all the points is Jordan Love at this point. That's what I was going to say. It's it's an argument for Love that he has Watson and Reed and Dobbs and Wicks and two tight ends and the running game. But all those guys at some point are canceling each other out. So it's I I love what we've seen for every one of those guys at different points this year. It's tough to invest heavily invest into lot. any of them right now. You mentioned all those names, outside, Brian. Outside of love. Yeah. You, you mentioned all those names, those receivers. Jordan Love is 25 years old. All of them are younger than him. He is the oldest one amongst them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Man, they're so young. I said it. I said it in a text earlier, Dan. But like, the most fun thing about this team is that they're the underdogs. Like, this is not a team that has played the underdog role, so they're just out there playing. And, and when you're when you're playing loose and you're you don't have all these this pressure and expectations on you, like magical things happening, and that's what's happening for Jordan Love right now. Well, in the words of Mike McCarthy, the Packers are nobody's <laughs> underdog. Let's move on. I think we got to skip the second segment, guys. Yeah. Let's get right to these rookies. We got to talk about much love, guys. love. It's time for the Rookie Report. And we could talk about Jordan Love every episode, and I wouldn't get sick of it, but I think our uh, <laughs> our listeners may. Uh, so instead of talking about a Packer, let's get right into a Wisconsin Badger. Let's do oh, that, man. because that sounds like Fans fun, in too. heaven here. Oh, Fans man, this is the best episode here. we've ever done. You know, we've never had an episode where I felt like I was in complete control and at least had a lot to talk about until now. Let's talk about running back Braylon Allen. The young, young running back from Wisconsin. He's he's a fun player in single quarterback ranks, guys. Uh, he's number 11 overall. And now the RB1 in the class, Ryan, because we we had some news over the last few days that, that this running cl- back class that wasn't super strong already got a little bit weaker because some names dropped out. And now Braylon Allen might be the the top running back in this class, at least fantasy wise. 
That's a little scary, honestly, but uh, that's that's what our rankings say right now. I, you know, yeah. I, as I always do, and as all of us always do, I've been checking out plenty of resources. I look to see what PFF has going on in their rookie coverage. He's the RB9 on PFF's rankings right now. Um, RB5 over at Mock Draft Database. So I think we're going to see a lot of shakeup, but as you kind of already alluded to, Dan, the the ranking of Jalen Allen as the RB1, I mean, that, that's 11th overall. The, the top running back we have right now is 11th overall in our rookie rankings. And it, it certainly says more about this running back class than it does Allen himself. He's, he's a fun prospect to look at. Maybe the 2023 film isn't all that great. There, of course, there was a coaching change in Madison, and that offense went from a power running scheme with a fullback in front of Braylon Allen oftentimes to the air raid offense, and, and that was a major shift to what Braylon Allen could contribute. So he looked a lot mm-hmm. different in his final year with the Badgers than comparatively to the first two seasons in Madison. Matt, I imagine you got acquainted with Braylon Allen over the last handful of days or or maybe weeks uh, since you started diving into this rookie class. So I'd like you to take the floor first before they hear from a Badger fan and a guy who watched him regularly. (laughs) I'd love to know what you thought as you got a chance to watch him. Well, he's, I just don't think there's a ton of nuance to him. Like he, he is what he, what you think he is the first time you watch him is kind of my feeling on him. He, he looks like he's got the look of a pure NFL power back. He's, you know, six two, two forty, whatever it is. He's the, the easy comp is going to be Derrick Henry. And you can see that he's very fast in a straight line. Once he gets built up speeds and he's a monster to, to tackle the contact balance is very good. Uh, you know, the, the, the numbers that he put up at the ages that he put up is really impressive. 17-year-old freshman with 1,200 yards, 18-year-old sophomore. He, he only turns 20 later this month, uh, like you, man. So we so we really like that from a, from a dynasty perspective, right? But you know what I'm going to say on the negatives. Do I even have to say it? You know what I'm going to say. He's, he's, he's unreliable know. as a pass catcher. You know, he's he showed this season, I think, got 28 balls this year. But he's a dump-off option. And the hands, you know, it's not natural for him. Uh, so yeah. unless he is really is a Derrick Henry kind of back and is going to run for 14, 1500 yards and put up double digit touchdowns most seasons, he's not going to be, you know, a top half of the running back one kind of conversation kind of guy, I don't think. Um, so it's going to depend where he goes. I think he's going to be much better. Like you mentioned this transition to the offense. Like it's clear to me that he needs to exist in a power or gap, gap scheme where he doesn't have a lot of mm-hmm. decisions to make. He can just go one cut and go because the, the, the wiggle room or the wiggle, the, the, the lateral uh, movement is really just not there. He does have kind of nice, like fast footwork for a, for a guy his size, but you don't see it in the lateral agility mode. You want him to hit the hole and hit it hard. And hopefully there's enough room for him to get to the second and third level. And then, you know, it could be gone after that. Not a lot of slide steps, jump cuts yeah. into the hole. You're right about that. No, no doubt. And that showed way more in that power running scheme that we saw over yeah. the last 20 plus years with the Badgers. But, you know, the, the positive that and you you alluded to it there that really sticks out to me is the violence of his running yeah. style, right? That he has a I, I think he has a good burst at the line of scrimmage. The first three or four steps, he Utah, can explode yeah. through the running lane. 
And then there's there's the middle part of the run. And then he has a he's an excellent finisher with that power, yeah. that ability to to fight off tacklers using his off arm. That stiff arm's a so, very solid. And his tree trunks for legs run through through uh, low tackles. I love all that stuff. It's the middle part where we wonder, and the 40-yard dash is going to be the mm-hmm. kind of the all end all with this. If he's in the four fours, which he claims he's going to, you know, he's like a 600 pound power squat type guy. Those legs are powerful. He claims he can run in the four fours. If that's true, he's going to be a second round draft pick. (laughs) Yeah. If that's not true though, if he runs four, five, nine and is slower than, than he claims he can be. Um, he's going to slip a lot farther down the draft and this ranking RB one and dynasty, that's going to go away real quick, Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's my concern. I mean, uh, as you said, Dan, the, the middle part of that run is where it kind of shows up. And uh, I mean, Matt, I, I know, I don't, I, I just don't see the Henry comp, obviously both big and, and powerful runners. That's but, the only, that's the only, yeah. Well, Henry has that that breakaway speed. Right. And I, I yeah. just, I haven't seen that from Braylon Allen, certainly. And, and, you know, we try not to, we try not to scout the jerseys here, but Wisconsin has a long history of, of good, powerful running backs. And I mean, it's, it's hard not to think of a guy like Monty ball and, and his, his failed transition to the league. <laughs> and um, I mean, they're, they're not quite the same type of backs either. I mean, I think, no. I think Allen's a much better athlete and, uh, than Monty ball was, but that's, that's the scare is that he's just a big, strong back. Um, you know, I mean, Brian Robinson feels like a better cop to me. I, um, my, my guy, Chris Rodriguez on the same team. <clears throat> you know, you he's like a better, that? I think he's, a, He's a better athlete than either of those guys, but it's, yeah, a, it's yeah. I think it's a good comp from their play style, at least. Like, neither of those guys are really catching passes. Brian Robinson did show it this year that he can do it, but he didn't really look supernatural, in my opinion, doing it even this season. And, uh, you know, so you're getting a souped-up version of that. When you want to, when you want, when a team wants to punch somebody in the mouth, they put Braylon Allen in and let him do that. But other than that, I, like, he, like, he's not going to make anyone miss, right? I do feel like, and, and maybe this goes back to what Dan said about the coaching change and the, the overall changes on uh, play style and, and offensive scheme. I think we saw improvements as a, as a pass catcher for Braylon Allen uh, throughout his career, which is good news because in general, it feels like, I mean, this, this guy was the Devi 101 after his freshman year, right? I mean, he's 17 years old. He just put up like yeah. 14, 1300 total yards or something. And, he was the guy to have if you play in those Devi leagues and his value has been steadily being, you know, steadily declining in the couple of years since then. So to, to find that area where he has shown some improvement is, is a little bit, uh, you know, makes me feel a little bit better. We're going to revisit Braylon Allen as we get more information that 40 <laughs> time, how he performs at the combine and then landing spot are going to going back to what Matt said. That, that gap system, power running game, that's where he belongs. And if he finds his way to one of those places, I could see him staying as a as a, even a first-round pick in single quarterback uh, ADP. If if not, if those things don't happen, we're going to see a slide for Braylon Allen, who, who I'm a fan of, 
Um, not, not necessarily sold on his transition to the NFL without those things, though. Let's go to the yeah. quarterback position, Matt, and start with uh, Spencer Rattler, the South Dakota, or South Carolina product, currently ranked 51 overall in our Superflex rankings, quarterback eight. So push down there for a guy that, that was high sought, highly sought after in the Devi space, in the De- Devi universe. Only a few years ago, he's made a couple of stops. There's a there's a long story to where Spencer Rattler came from and where he is now. He enters the NFL draft as a little bit of a wild card. I he mean, absolutely... I don't know. Go ahead. Ryan, oh, go ahead. You know no, more go ahead. the story than I do. No, I was just well, going to say what I learned about him. Well, I was just going to say I learned about him mostly over the last few days, and I don't know all of the details of the story, but like it's 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 pretty it's a pretty fun story. Like he was the backup to Jalen Hurts in 2019 as a five star recruit. He was successful in 2020 as a starter, uh, but then mid season 2021 he got replaced mid game against Texas by Caleb Williams, who presumably is the 101 this season. Uh, so he lost his job to that guy, then entered the portal, transferred to. South Carolina 2022 and had a very mediocre season in 2022 and seemed to rebound a bit this year. Uh, right. So that's, that's kind of what I know about him before we get into the actual player, Ryan, is there any other details uh, to throw in there about his story? I just remember, I think my first exposure to spent uh, to Spencer Rattler was actually on, on this Netflix show. I think it was called QB one. Maybe uh, I think that was the name yeah. of it. And essentially a documentary of some top high school quarterback recruits. Um, you know, you try not to judge a, a kid too harshly um, in that situation. Um, and, you know, if I had if I had that kind of talent, I'd probably be a punk kid as well. But he kind of came across as a punk kid. And and for me, that being the the like I said, really the first exposure I had it it's hard to let go of that. And then to see him struggle to keep the job at Oklahoma, to see him transfer and just be okay at South Carolina. I mean, in some ways he's, he's got the same, he's had the same path as Braylon Allen as in that they're, they're, they're for, or at least their first time as a, uh, as a real starter was when they've had the most value in, in dynasty leagues. Again, go back to 2020 when Rattler was throwing for over 3000 yards and, and nearly 30 touchdowns. Dave already said it. He, he was the guy to have in, in Devi. And we were counting down to the end of, uh, of 2021 when we could uh, draft in, uh, in every other league too. And uh, things just fell apart so quickly. So uh, you mentioned that he's the quarterback eight in our Superflex rankings. That's a consistent ranking for him because he's also the quarterback eight at PFF. He's the quarterback eight in the mock draft database, uh, which would likely make him uh, at best a third rounder, I would imagine, in the NFL. Draft. Yeah, everything I've seen places him in like day two, day three turn somewhere around there. And it's early in that process. There are things, you know, I'm wondering when you, when I watched him on the field, particularly this season, Matt, I I did watch one game from um, his 2022 season as well. 
there are two positives that really jump off to me and then two pretty glaring negatives. So let's start with those positives. The first thing, he reminds me so much, you can tell me what you think of this comp, of Baker Mayfield. Just his mannerisms. Yep. And he, yep. he's like a, you know, like scouts, like, he's a gamer. You know, he's, yeah, he's a, he's, he wants to get in people's face and, and uh, make plays with his legs and, and then talk about it, those kinds of things. So he reminds me a little bit of Mayfield that way. And I see that as a positive personally. I, I still see Mayfield as like a guy I would like to root for and a guy that, that I think has upside because of that. Maybe I see a little bit that of that with Rattler. And that goes back to what Ryan said about what he saw in that documentary. I watched that as well. He's a little bit of a punk. He likes to cause a little bit of a ruckus. He And the other positive I saw, Matt, is he's accurate in the short to intermediate part of the field. He's He's got good enough arm strength. He's accurate when he makes throws in good timing. But that leads to those negatives. He makes some risky decisions, right? He throws into coverage often. He seems to want to be a gunslinger. And maybe that goes back to that, that gamer mentality. And then he's late on throws. Uh, you'll, oh, you'll see guys any in opening that anticipation. It, it just isn't there consistently enough, yeah. particularly on, on throws in the middle of the field, digs, slants, those types of throws. He has to see the guy open. He's late on it because of it. It caused batted balls and it, it caused interceptions, which he, he made too many of those mistakes throughout his college career to think of him as more than a um, project type quarterback at the next level. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. He's a project, but you do see, the, like, the arm talent is obvious. Like, it's obvious yeah, it's there. there. It's there. He throws with touch occasionally on those short throws, like, where you kind of have to pop it up over the defender. He shows touch on those. You see him throw it into tight windows. Um, the deep ball is, you know, it's inconsistent, but you see the drop in the bucket kind of throw on occasion. Um, yeah. he does seem to prefer to make plays from the pocket, which is, you know, nice. And he stands in there and he takes the hit and can deliver it. Um, but I mean, the offensive line play, I don't know, again, I'm not an offensive line scout, but to me, it, it felt like it was pretty poor for most of the games that I watched. Um, and that kind yeah. of forces them outside of the pocket and he does have the mobility to escape those guys and get out of the pocket. But then those accuracy, uh, uh, issues really come to pass, or maybe it's, maybe it's less accuracy and more decision-making, Right. Because once he gets out there, the pocket, he's wheeling and dealing. He thinks he can fit the ball anywhere he wants it to go. He's just overconfident in that ability. And you see him throw it into double and triple co uh, triple coverage often. Um, so it's he's just it's just all inconsistent. He's a he's a toolsy prospect that I think in a in a bad quarterback class might get propped up a little bit. Like if he, you know, was in the Kenny Pickett class, maybe we'd be talking about him a little bit. Uh, more admirably, but in this class with, with Caleb Williams, who, you know, basically took his job and Drake may like, he's not going to uh, reach the upper echelon of this class, at least from a draft perspective. So uh, we're going to be waiting on him. You know, is he a, is he a third round super flex pick? Is that too late? Or is that, is that too early rather? Um, he's that's the kind of dark throw you're taking on Spencer Rattler. I think. I think hearing, you know, hearing pros from you guys of, arm talent he's got some mobility he can move a little bit got got a you know the the throwing motion is good he lacks some consistency some poor decision making sounds um, like jordan love doesn't he no i was gonna say it sounds like the, same <laughs> the thing beginning the beginning of jordan love <laughs> no it sounds like what we were saying about will levis last year and oh yeah and, and 
the tools and, you know, all those, all those things. Those are the same things we were saying about Will Levis. The difference is we were talking about Will Levis as, as a first round NFL draft pick and, and even potentially the 101 in the, in, in the 2023 NFL draft. And obviously that didn't play out, but that was the conversation. So, yeah, am I willing to take a chance on Spencer Rattler in the third round of, of Superflex drafts? Absolutely, I am. Yeah. Yeah. And and another player that there's so much of this book that needs to be written. I'm a little surprised that he came out. He could have tried to go back to school or even transferred and played somewhere else the way I understood it. And so it makes me think that maybe he got a better grade from the NFL board than, than we might um, think he, he would have gotten. Maybe, maybe he was told that he could be a second round draft pick. If that all happens, if he's the fifth quarterback off the board, that could change how we see him in the dynasty space. Last uh, rookie we need to, incoming rookie we need to talk about, wide receiver Ricky Pearsall from Florida, Matt. He's he's a fun one to watch, uh, a burner, right? He's got all the speed and all that burst and explosion that you want to see. He glides past defenders when you watch him on film, and that that creates some upside that, that we all like in the dynasty game. Yeah, Ryan and I independently came to the same comp. Um, I'll let him throw that out, and I'll just talk about his game. Um, but he's just he's just so versatile. Like he he plays all over the field and the hands. Like and I don't again I don't watch college football, and I don't know how I missed it because I assumed it would be anywhere everywhere when it happened. But if you haven't seen the one headed catch against Charlotte, I mean, yeah. like that's that's just as good as the OBJ catch. Uh, like there there are as good as the George that... Pickens catch. They know that and they don't know it's him. You know, they, they've seen it. Of course they've seen it. But, oh, yeah, oh, that was this guy? I guess I should open my eyes. Um, but the thing that I love the most about him is that he is just so physical and aggressive. And he's not the biggest guy. I've seen reports of 6'1", 190, all the way up to 200 pounds. We'll find out exactly how big he is. But he's not – let's just say he's not the, the biggest guy. He's kind of a medium-sized guy. But he attacks the ball so aggressively over the middle of the field. He high points the ball well. Uh, he adjusts to poorly placed balls. He's he's elusive after the catch. He tracks the ball on. There's one like he, like he's running under it, and he's just like this. The late hands come up, and he catches the ball. Uh, it's, he's just a lot of fun. And the, the 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 fact that he doesn't generally go down on that first hit for somebody of his size like is really impressive. And that led me to the comp Ryan, who both of us came to independently. Why don't you go ahead and reveal that? Yeah, well, I mean, first I would say I didn't necessarily see the speed that Dan had mentioned. I, I would not consider him a burner. Not I the think deep it's speed. More, right. No, well, it's not deep speed. I, he's hard to bring down. I think it's it, he's, I think it's more just like he knows where to be, right? Like he tracks I don't know, the ball so yeah. well. Yeah, oh, so man. he's like Willie Mays. Well, <laughs> I think the over the shoulder be, catches. It's going to be easy to fall into this trap. We do it every year in, in, in these types of situations. But I think we're going to be looking for that third or fourth round wide receiver that can be the next Puka Nakua. And if there is one this year, it might be this guy. That was that was mm-hmm. comp. It doesn't hurt that he's, he's, a, he's a weapon in the running game as well, which we've seen and we saw from Nakua as, uh, as a college player at BYU, and we saw the Rams use that as well. Um, he has a lot of the same strengths and weaknesses as Puka Nakua does. So yeah. 
yeah, is this guy going to be a, a top top five dynasty wide receiver this year or this time next year? Probably not. Uh, but uh, he, he but it's the, my best it's the, in the fourth round. It's the physicality and the versatile yeah. versatileness. Yeah. Like he does not go down on first contact very often. And that's one of the things that you saw it on the playoff games against the Lions in wildcard weekend. You saw him just rip away from defenders that have him rip wrapped wrapped up. And Pearsall does similar things and the fact that he can be used all over the field in the backfield from the slot i i do have a little bit of question marks about him playing outside but we uh, at the nfl level but we had the same question marks about uh several other players last year and they worked out fine outside so um yeah i mean if he's a third round player or a fourth i think naku is actually a fourth round player in her last adp uh for rookie so if he's in that deep i'm i'm, I'm definitely taking shots at pearsall so you guys, you guys teased that you, you had a private conversation, whatever. That's fine. Uh, and <laughs> apparently it was Nakua. Not bitter. When you guys did that. I wrote down a name and I wrote down his teammate. He reminds me of Cooper cup and yeah. like a, like a I, bigger version of, of Cooper cup. And, and the number one thing that I wrote down and I watched a lot of Ricky Pearsall over the last week, a lot, a lot. I, Every game that's that you could find on YouTube, all the all the catches, and then I started to get into the what I usually don't do, the highlight reels, because I wanted to see more Ricky Pearsall. I think I'm kind of in love. I love this kid. He's so good. And the thing that I wrote down for him is quarterback's best friend. Just seems to find a way to get open, and that's what reminds me of Cup. Just always in the spot. To when the quarterback's in trouble, he will Ricky's down there. He's going to catch it. And that's what it felt like to me. Those Florida teams, they weren't that good. They're good football teams and stuff. But they, they needed, they needed Ricky Pearsall to, to shine. And there were times when he absolutely did. In fact, he took over games at points, big third down conversions, always open in the middle of zone defenses. And those types of things there, you, you don't, you don't like um you don't teach that kind of thing. And you know, another thing I noticed, Matt, and maybe you did too, because you like the, the to watch entire games. He is he like an excellent blocker? He loves to get dirty in the middle of the field and block, you know, just dig out a safety. That reminds me of Cooper Cooper Cup is like a lead blocker sometimes. They're doing that kind of stuff with Pearsall. He's a perfect Ram. He feels like a Ram to me, or that whole McVay tree. Anybody that came off that tree, teams are going to fall in love with him. He's going to be on the field all the time. And I need to rethink how I'm going to rank this wide receiver class because guys like Pearsall need to be higher than the, the majority think of him. I, well, well, the downside again. I, we love all the things he does, but the downside is is that he played five years in college. He's a twenty-four. He's a fifth-year senior breakout, which generally is not not pretend great things uh, for the pros. He'll be twenty-four at the start of the NFL season, much like I think Cooper Cup was too, right? Or twenty-three. So yep. he, he he was an, he was an older yeah. prospect. So you know there there are players that have worked out that way, um, but you know the he's not going to probably test super athletically at the combine. Uh, and that other stuff is going to, I think, really give dynasty managers some pause. Uh, but as a player himself, I mean, he can return. He, he's he going to be he can return kicks if he wants to. I think he did a little bit of that uh, in college as well. He's just he's he's going to. I don't want to say he's Kyron Williams, but at the wide receiver position. But he's that kind of do everything player. Like like you said, Dan, coaches are just going to love and quarterbacks are going to love. Um, 
I don't, I don't I really love. see a whole lot of negatives except for the deep speed. Like the deep speed is really the on the field. Yeah, that's the only like away from people. It's so weird because he's still he's still with that but he, savviness but he, to he's using the routes. He's using the routes and the slants and the 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 stem at the top of the stem when he breaks off that to create that yeah. separation. You know that, that that stuff down the field. I think is cr- the separation is created earlier and the defenders are starting to catch up to him. Uh, I don't think he's going to beat anybody on a go route, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, he he creates separation in in unique ways. That's for sure. He's a guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna even watch more as I watch other receiver prospects more in depth because he's a. I, I don't want him to slip outside the top three rounds like we tend to do with these types of prospects because their forty time isn't that good. He's a he's a guy that I'm going to want on my dynasty rosters. I think I can't wait to see the landing spot and, and where he gets drafted. That's, that's going to be so fun. So three more rookies in the rookie report in the bag. We're going to get to three, at least three every single week as we move throughout the season or off season, I should say, looking forward to uh, the next round of the playoffs. Hope you are too. We're going to be there with you for Matt and Ryan. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF dynasty podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.